0: hey welcome to the gateway leadership podcast you know recently i was with a group of leaders and the question was asked how do you build a great team i gave that some thought because i think that's something that every leader needs to be doing every leader needs to be building a team you don't want to do life alone you don't want to do ministry alone but the question is how do you do that where do you get started so Let's have a conversation, you and me, today about the topic of, are you building a team? How is your team doing? And what might it take to get you to the next level of leadership and influence and impact in your life and what God's doing in you and through you through a team? How do you move the vision that is in your heart out into reality through a team How do you push that out? How do you make that come about? I've heard it said that if what you are doing can be done by you alone, your dream is not big enough. You need a dream, you need a vision big enough that only a team could bring it forth to reality. Let's talk about that because it's one of the areas that I care most about. In fact, I wrote a book in 2018, Let's Talk About Teams you can get this on Amazon. And in that I lay out six big questions, actually six conversations that you can have with you and your leadership team about developing team and why team is important, trust and communication and training and all of that. That's not something I want to talk about. The book is available. You can grab that and get it and take your team through it. Lots of people are, but let's start with a couple of basic thoughts. I want to begin with lies that no leader should believe. When it comes to teamwork, stuff gets in our head that isn't true, and it stops us from growing and stops us from moving forward. So I wrote a few down here, uh, lies that no leader should buy into. Okay, one is, um, I'm alone in ministry and no one is there for me. Now, that's a feeling that you can have, but you can never believe it. You can never lean into that and trust that as a ministry plan or as a ministry uh, platform. You you feel inadequate. You feel you don't have enough people. You don't have enough team. You're, you know You're struggling to build the ministry, struggling to get it done. But to believe that you're alone is not true. Number one, God is with you and God called you. And I just really want to encourage you not to buy into that thought that nobody's for you because God is for you. And even if your ministry isn't large, uh, there are probably people that God has placed around you. And there are people that have potential around you that if you tapped into their potential and, and brought them alongside, you'd be amazed at what could happen. So work with the pieces that you have right now maybe you don't have all the pieces that you wish you had but when it comes to building a team you work with the pieces that are there in front of you and pretty soon God is giving you new pieces and more pieces and you find that you really are not alone the other lie I don't want you to believe is that nobody can do it as well as you can do it okay (laughs) that's probably not one that we want to admit that we sometimes feel but there's a piece of every leader that kind of says if, if more people would do it like me, my style, my approach, the world would be better. And I get that. I, I, I understand that. But that's a fatal lie to believe that nobody can do it as, as good as you. And you might not be saying that out loud. When I say that to you, you say, well, I would never believe that. But is it true? Is there, is there some piece of you— that doesn't want to delegate and release and let other people have a chance because they're just not going to do it as good as you can do it. That could stop your team building ministry. Another one is people don't want to serve. That's a lie. And there are people that don't want to serve, and there's plenty of them, but it's not true of all people. And in every youth group, in every church, in every worship department, in every team— there are people that want to step in and do something for God. They want their life to count. They want to feel like they're making a contribution. And that's a huge opportunity for you as a leader to connect with that person, to see the potential that is in their heart, that they really have a, a desire and a, and a burden. And I've, I feel like sometimes we're looking for these amazing people and we're, we're looking over the heads of people that are right near us. Maybe they're even pulling on our shirts saying, Hey, can you use me? Hey, I'd I'd like to be a part of what you're doing you go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm looking for <laughs> I'm looking for some seasoned people. And they're right in front of you. So don't believe the lie that people don't want to serve because there are people in your world right now that absolutely want their lives to count and they want to do something great. So don't believe the lie that people don't want to serve. And here's another lie that can kinda of defeat us when it comes to team building and that is um i've tried this before but it didn't work you know there's nothing as discouraging as failure (laughs) and there's nothing as thrilling as success success breeds success failure just keeps piling on and i've failed in life i've 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 tried things that didn't work and one area of this um we tried for years and years to every way we knew how to get small groups right. You know, small groups is like life groups. It's it's a simple thought, um, but it's it's hard to do exactly right because you got to get a lot of pieces right before life groups or small groups actually become a part of the culture, and, and really work. So what I found so many times is talking to pastors about life groups. and We're in a really good season in life groups at Gateway, and they're cooking, and our people love it, and they get it, and the recipe's there, and it works. But you you didn't see all the years of failing and trying, and and it, it wasn't going good and all of that. What I want to encourage you uh, when it comes to team building is, whatever it is, if it's if small groups or if it's worship or prayer. uh, There's a lot of things we want to be great at, but we say, you know, I've tried that and it just didn't work. What would happen if you took a fresh look at it? What would happen if you spent some time with some people maybe that could model for you how to do it? What would happen if you got around people that were modeling the kind of success that you wanted to and really pick their brain and really took the time to understand what's the culture behind this, what are the values behind this, and start building the values and the culture long before you try to implement the program. So, I think those lies will stop a team builder dead in his tracks, and that's not what I want for you. I want you to succeed as a team builder, and I believe that you're going to build a great team and that you can build a great team if you believe the right things. You know, the Lord is actually the one that's building the team. <laughs> let's make this let's make this easier on ourselves and harder on God. Maybe the Lord is the builder of the house. It says in the book of Psalms, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. So we've got to step back sometimes as church builders, people building church, people building team. And really say, okay, God, I, I'm not going first. You've got to go first. You've got to build through me. The Lord is building his team. And, and there's a great passage in Luke, chapter 13, verse 29. Different versions say it differently. But Jesus is talking to his disciples about the, the last days. And, and the version that I love the best is the New Living Translation. It says, and then they will come from the north and the south and the east and the west, and they will find their place in the kingdom. Man, I love that idea of people coming from every direction to find their place in God's kingdom. The other versions say they'll take a seat at the table, and I think that's that's a great picture. What is Jesus talking about? He's saying in the end times, there's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit where God's going to put like a homing device into the lives of I believe hundreds of thousands millions of people and they're going to come from every direction we see it we see it all around us that people are coming from every direction to find their spot to find their place now what if you were the kind of a leader where people look to you and said I want to find my place in your culture in your world where can I find my place think about this and pray them in because the end result, what we're going for here in ministry is not the David Canis Tracy show or the Bob Jones show. We're going for the Jesus movement, team, um, collective influence thing where people are coming out of the woodwork to find their spot, to find their piece of what God is doing. And it isn't about us anymore. It's really something that Jesus is doing. Those are just a few thoughts to encourage you about the goal of a strong, healthy team. And it's really getting our, it's really getting our, our thoughts aligned and uh, going in the right direction. And then it becomes uh, a situation of traction and momentum and unstoppable movement toward a goal. So let's assess where your team is at. This is just you and me. And let's talk about your team as it stands right now. It's important to be honest. It takes a little bravery, a little courage. Maybe you want to get a piece of paper and write this down. But let's assess where we're at because we can't move forward until we know exactly where we're at. How, how are you doing on your team right now today? Today as you listen to this. Think about the people that are serving with you. Think about the volunteers. Think about uh, the paid members of your team. Think about who's standing with you, bearing the burden with you. How is that feeling to you right now? There's a couple of levels. Let me give you five levels of uh, where your team might be. Level one would be, I have no team. (laughs) Okay, SOS. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, it's like, oh my God, I, I, they're gone. I, I don't, I don't have a team. Now that can be a discouraging moment, but that's what this is all about: helping you to lead and take some steps right now from where you are to fix that situation where you don't have a team. So, SOS, I don't have a team. That can be changed, and the book will help you do it. The podcast will help you do it. We'll help you do it. We want to resource you to be a, a team leader. Level two is my team is embryonic. Now, a lot of you are at this level where you have great people in your life, uh, and it's, it's an embryo stage. It's not a fully developed team, but there's raw potential there. There's people there that uh, really are in position and, and aren't far from really coming together as a team. Maybe you say I'm just beginning to build my team. We have a long way to go. Uh, we're not where we want to be, but I can see it by faith. And let me just say a word about faith right here, because you can never build a team without believing that you can build a team. You, you've you've got to believe and see that God has called you to lead, and that He hasn't called you to lead by yourself. That He's called you to lead with people. That can also shine right next to you that have gifts and talents and abilities, and they'll be a part of your team. And then they'll have members of their team. Pretty soon, you've got a team. Now, you might be in a, this second level is the embryonic team level where you see potential in people, but you haven't actually come together. Like, you don't have your jerseys, you don't have practices, you don't have training times together. You're not really a team until everybody's getting the jersey on and getting together and practicing and drilling and learning what the team is all about, but you've got some people that want to play. Okay. And that, that is really, really a great place to be. So don't be discouraged. Don't despise the day of small beginnings And that the third level of where you might be is called. My team is struggling. <laughs> uh, my team has some holes in it. My team's got some issues most team let me just let me let me retract that every team has issues because teams are built of people and people have issues and people have flaws and they have flawed leaders like me and like you so there's no such thing as a as a perfect team you could have a perfect team one day and the very next day like they could be winning the super bowl one day and the next day they're falling apart and divided and disunited and even Jesus had a very, very imperfect team. When you really think about the guys Jesus was working with, that was quite a group of people, those 12. I mean, you know, whacking people's ears off and, and calling down fire on people and, and uh, fighting among themselves and vying for positions of greatness. And I don't get it in your mind that team means perfect. It doesn't. Team is like family. Family. And there's no such thing as a perfect family. In fact, I'll say this. If a family looks like they're perfect, (laughs) watch out. Because they're probably putting on a really big show to cover up how imperfect they are. And if a team looks perfect, I promise you, you peel back that top layer and you will find unity problems and faithfulness problems and personality issues and, and all of that. All that glitters is not gold. So don't be discouraged if your team uh, is struggling a little bit, okay? Here are some ways that teams can struggle. You could say, well, our team works. It works okay. We're, we're okay, but we have some personality issues, okay? Every team I know has personality issues because there's some big personalities on our team. <laughs> I'm surrounded by by big personalities that actually, God uses big personalities. So personality issues are there. Unity issues might be there. Culture issues. We talk in other uh, versions of this podcast about culture. Very important uh, subject. Work hard on culture. Work hard on values. If you want your outcomes to be better, you got to work hard on your culture and work hard on your values. But every team has culture issues. You may say, we have faithfulness issues. I want to encourage you those things can be addressed. You you can fix culture issues. You can fix faithfulness issues. I don't mean it's going to change overnight, but you can address it and you can really see it change. Oh, you might say we don't have enough people. Our our team is too small. We don't have enough uh, drummers or we don't have enough uh, small group leaders or we don't have enough intercessors or whatever it may be. Um, and that's real. Almost every team I know needs to be bigger. Um, because that's the nature of of a leader, a leader wants things to grow, he wants things to mature, but again, don't despise the day of small beginnings, even if you don't have enough people and then you might say our team is disorganized uh, and that I think is one of the big problems with churches if i could if I could be honest uh churches and leaders sometimes aren't can I use a word professional now. Before you get mad at me, <laughs> uh, don't get mad at that word "professional." I used to make fun of, you know, professionalism um, when it comes to ministry because we don't want ministry to be, you know, too perfect. We don't want ministry to be put on. We don't, in that sense, we don't want to act like professionals, like we're above it all. Or, but on the other hand, why is it? that if you're going to be a doctor you have to be professional and you have to have ethics and you have to show up on time and you have to work hard but if you're going to be a pastor or if you're going to be a leader or if you're going to be a volunteer director of a ministry or whatever you don't really have to be professional i think there's room for a little more polish in what we're doing putting a little more effort and attention to detail and not being sloppy in things and so Uh, I think disorganization is one of the things that holds teams back. But again, the good news is you can get organized. You can address a disorganized environment and you can begin to implement little changes, simple changes, and start to work on culture so that things get a little more organized and, dare I say it, a little more professional, serious, you know, where people are serious about bringing their very best to the Lord. That's what I mean by uh, professional. I, I know you guys understand. I'm not talking about acting like lawyers and, you know, executives, little junior executives with our briefcases, you know, <laughs> running around trying to administrate the kingdom of God. That's that's not it. But what we want to do is bring our best and and really bring value and shine and stand right next to some of the amazing Professionals that defend our country and protect our cities and and uh, lead our best corporations and our best organizations, we should stand right next to them and say we're as good at what we do as they are at what they do. And you find that when you get organized and put a little something into it, the return is great. The bottom line on all these areas of struggle and challenges: fix it. If you don't like where your team is. Don't complain, don't be afraid, don't be anxious. Just get a plan to fix your team, to invest in your team, to equip your team and make your team better. And that's where we wanna help you. That's where the book on Teams can help you. Uh, And that's where being around models, ministry models, people that that are succeeding in team leadership, team style, team culture, if you hang out with those people, read their books, listen to their podcasts, suddenly you become better. And as you get better, your team gets better, and the whole thing runs to uh, another level. So that's level three. My team is struggling. There's a fourth level, and you might be at this level. My team is healthy. My team is growing. And, and that's a place, you know, I think if there's one thing I care about more than anything, it's... Um, the idea of things getting healthy <laughs> i have a i have a phd in church growth and the whole field of church growth is about growing things bigger and getting bigger is overrated i'll be honest big can be very unhealthy i think a better indicator a better goal to have is not not to have a big church but to have a healthy church not to have a big ministry But just to have a healthy ministry, because I'll tell you, once you're healthy, you're going to grow. But if you are big, but not healthy, wow, it's no kind of life that you want to live and you won't be healthy. Let's get our marriages healthy. Let's get our families healthy. Let's get our churches and our teams healthy and functioning. I didn't say perfect. I said healthy. And healthy is really a huge goal. You might say, I want so much more. I, I believe I'm, I can do more with my life, but I, I believe my team is healthy and positioned. Now, there's one last level, and it goes like this. My team is a dream, and it's making my life a dream. Like, pinch me. Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe how, how great my team is. Uh, sitting here 45 years into ministry, I don't have a perfect team, but man, my team is a dream. I We have amazing, incredible people, and I was talking to them today, and we were talking about uh, drafting, you know, when bicyclists or even trucks on the highway are uh, drafting, and there's another word that's escaping me. You remember what that other word is? Uh, uh, slide, slip. What is it? <laughs> something. Slip sliding or something? Or um, something. S- <laughs> I don't know. It's another word for drafting. Um, Slipstreaming. Slipstreaming. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Thank you guys. <laughs> slipstream. And and the definition of a slipstream is when things are organized so carefully and so closely that the one that's in the lead. Everybody is positioned behind him. He's cutting the draft. And everybody, it's a principle of aerodynamics where everybody is behind that person and collectively they are moving forward as one. And everybody is relieved of the strain and the struggle because they're in the stream. They're in the slipstream. And and that's something for the kingdom. That's something that the kingdom of God, we jesus talked about that if two or three of you agree on earth is touching anything it'll be done and i believe team ministry is a is a thing of slipstreaming where you are so positioned with regard to each other that it's like a dream and 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 that's a place where you, again it's not perfect but you see people around you popping and growing and expanding and becoming the best version of themselves and outdoing you in so many ways. Cause, cause you know, what I can do is I just got one or two things I can do great, but other people can do other. I mean, right now I'm surrounded by a team that's helping me do this podcast. I don't know how to run this stuff, but we're slipstreaming together and everybody's growing. And, and that's, that's the goal. That's what my team is a dream. That's your level five. That's where you want to be where you know you're having good weeks <laughs> and you're enjoying ministry and you like to lead because you're doing it with some incredible people. So, where do we go from here? We've talked about lies that we believe sometimes that we shouldn't believe about teams. We've talked about assessing where our team is at. Where do we go? Well, let me give you a couple of steps here. I'll give you 7 You might want to jot these down. I won't take a long time. This is just you and me talking about you as a leader, as a team leader. How do you build a team? How do you push out that dream that God's given you that's in your heart? And how do you see it begin to catch fire in other people's lives and become real? Let me start with number one. You, You begin with those you have. You start with the pieces that you've got right in front of you. And look for those people that are saying, I'd like, look for the people that are pulling on your shirt in essence saying, I'd like to be a part of this. You know, don't look for perfect people. Don't look for amazing people. Uh, just start with the people that are available because, um, it's not about our ability. It's about our availability. So oftentimes, and just when you get started with people, they start to grow, you start to grow. And it goes to a supernatural level. So begin with those that are asking you, how can I help and start with them? Okay. Number two is, um, reconnect with your existing team members. Have you become disconnected from the people that are on your team? Have you given up on team? Have you, have you believed lies about team? Um, you've got the pieces there, work with them and start to reconnect when was the last time you had a team meeting? When was the last time you brought your team together to say, let's just talk. Let's don't rehearse. Let's stop rehearsing. Let's stop planning. Let's stop working. Let's just talk about what it means to be a team. Did God bring us together on this team? Did God place us on this team? What does he... And you start having a team conversation. And it's amazing how that will ignite passion in people to, to refire uh, their commitment. So reconnect with your existing team. Number three, have a team meeting. Okay. (laughs) Now when I say reconnect, I mean, relationally, because a lot of leaders have stepped back away from their people and they said, well, this guy's irritated me. He he's driving me crazy. I don't like him anymore. So, so division has come in, reconnect relationally, get, become friends again, you know, like each other. And then do the third piece, have a team meeting, come together. Don't tell me you have a team if you don't have a team meeting. Any championship team has to have a practice. <laughs> it's got to be a regular time of coming together and, you know, figuring out how to run the plays and so on. So, um, you know, get something on your schedule to, to bring that team together. One of the tricks we, we've got to remember is if you want to change something, you've got to get close to it. So move toward the thing that needs to change. If your team needs to get better, move closer to them. Have more time with them and watch what will happen. Number four is keep the why in front of everybody. There's a great book by Simon Sinek, Begin With Why. And he talks about how a lot of us begin with the what instead of beginning with the why. The why is the motivation. Like Why are, why are we together? What's the reason God has placed us together on a team? Don't just talk about we are a team, but really get to the why, because that's what's going to move people's hearts and get them engaged. And for us, the why is about changed lives. We really—the reason we're a team is because we want to see people's lives changed. That's our, that's our product. Every, every shoe factory—you wouldn't like to have a shoe factory that doesn't produce shoes— <laughs> right. Eventually, you're going to want to say, "Well, all you got all these equipment, these boxes, these people, but where's the shoe?" Okay, what's the sh- what's the shoe of a church? What's the shoe of a ministry? What's the out? What's the product? It's a changed life. It's somebody that felt something and their life changed and they walked away different from that experience, that atmosphere, that environment. And that I think is a huge why. It's easy to say we want to do this for the glory of God. And that's true. And we want to do it for souls. And that's true. But I love to say, I love to talk about, in fact, our church vision is inspiring, transformed lives. That's what we're all about. We want to see lives changed. So keep the why in front of your team. Number five, equip your team, pour into your team. So now you've got a team meeting. Now you're talking about the why. Now begin to share the skills with them and talk through and you don't have to be the only one. There's people on your team that could also help you equip. What does it mean to pray? If it's a prayer team, how do we pray? If it's a worship team, what is worship? How do we worship? What are the elements of worship? What What is worship really all about? Begin to equip into that. What is children's ministry? What is youth ministry? What are young people facing these days? Start talking about the important topics and equip people into that because They may not have the skills that you wish them to have as your team. So what do you do about it? You equip them. You take them somewhere. Give them the skills. Give them the training that uh, is needed for them to succeed. People want to grow and they love to grow. Give them an affirming, uh, constructive environment where they're getting feedback on how they did. And take time to, you know, one of the big things that happened for us in worship Really took our worship service to the next level was when we started doing evaluation times after Sunday. You know, we would spend so much of our time getting ready for Sunday and then doing Sunday, then we wouldn't talk about it. We started talking about it on a weekly. How did this go? How did you feel? Was that good? Could we do better? And so you're equipping into that and actually raising the 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 level of your team. Number six is honor the team. Really thank them and affirm them. You may not have all kinds of money to be able to pay people. You may not be able to buy them a bunch of gifts and, you know, buying them dinners out. And if if you can do that, do it, you know, honor them as best you can. But you know, the, the number one thing that people really crave more than anything is a sincere word of appreciation. I loved that song that you selected. I loved that message. When you gave that illustration on whatever it was, or when you put your arm around that hurting uh, person at the altar. That was so powerful. I saw God using you. So you start to honor the things that you um, that you want more of. Here's something I, I hope you'll never forget. Whatever you honor moves towards you. And whatever you dishonor moves away from you. So if you want to be close to your wife, your children, your team members, really honor them, and it's amazing what happens. The closeness, and I'm not talking about fake compliments or anything like, that. like genuine, sincere appreciation will do so much um, to help your team. It it just puts wind back in their sails. So you know, don't just equip them level five, but level six. Honor the team, reward them, and do your best to. Make them feel sincerely appreciated, the last piece of this is um, lead the team into engagement the The goal is engagement. the goal is everybody contributing everybody a part of it. We talk about this in the book the uh, let 's talk about team's book. you can get that on Amazon. We talk about engagement, we talk about honor we talk about trust there's so much that you that you got to know to build great teams but this last piece of leading them into engagement, I think is really important. And this is not original with me. I can't remember where I learned this, but I've never forgotten it. And it goes like this. It's, it's Jesus method for getting people engaged and trained and raised up. So level one is watch me while I do it. But then you go to level two, which is, Let's do it together. It's so powerful to say to people, we're doing this together. Even when you're doing your part, even when you, you know, you preach your best message or lead your best meeting or whatever, and they say, that was a great, you know, great, good job. You go, we're doing this together. You know, making people feel, let's do this together. All right. So watch me while I do it. Second, let's do it together. Third, you do it and I'll watch you. You preach the message. You pray the prayer. You lead the class. You lead the song, right? And I'll watch you do it. And now you're now you're stepping back, and they're taking uh, a position of ownership and um, stewardship over over that moment. And then the last level is go do it these are the levels that jesus brought us through. watch me while i do it let's do it together um, you do it while i watch you and then the last level the ultimate level is go do it man you're you're just empowering people to um, take it to the next level these are thoughts about how you build a team and i always want to when i'm talking to leaders about building teams i just want to get past the discouragement past, the, we've tried this before, uh, I'm frustrated, I'm exhausted, I'm weary. I know all of those things. I would never belittle you for that. I don't make fun of you. If you're out of gas, um, I've been there, man. Me too. If if you're frustrated because you feel like people aren't following, but the encouragement is you can be better. You can fix this with God's help. Without him, you can't do anything, but with him, all things are possible. So encourage your own heart today. I encourage you to lead in every area of life. And don't do it by yourself. Build a team. Uh, Be a team builder. Get committed. Build team until they put you in the ground. Build team until you breathe your last breath. Because there's nothing greater than saying to people, we did this together. We did this for the glory of God. Those are my thoughts today about how to build a team. I'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, what's worked for you, what's helped you. If you have questions for us at the Gateway Leadership Podcast, if you have suggestions for topics, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to have a two-way conversation with you and help you to lead in every area of life. I look forward to us being together next time on the gateway leadership podcast until then this is david canis tracy saying keep on inspiring transformed lives thank you for listening to the gateway leadership podcast with david canis tracy inspiring you to lead in every area of life we'll be releasing a new episode every month so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts gateway city church is one church that meets in multiple cities to find us Or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.